the trade deadline has passed. So let's take a look at what actually went down and where the winners and losers are right across all of the madness. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I guess I'm up for trade now. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Be a double banger. Go ahead and hit the old bang on the thumb up video. Go and listen to the audio version. Do both. Helps the show out a lot. Hit your subscribe. Hit your notification bell. You know how that all cracks on. Now, the trade deadline, a little bit of a snoozer, I, I think, overall, which is okay. That that can happen. Um, so what I'm going to do here is recap which what, what players are in or what players are out on each team that made moves. And overall, some winners and losers at the end. I think that there's just a lot of uncertainty around how things are going to play out with a lot of teams that I'm not sure that there's like a million different things that we could do. There's a few different stash things that can happen and things that will evolve over the next two to three weeks um, that do change things up. So there are some interesting things, but there's not there's not gigantic earth-shaking type of maneuvers, I, I don't think. But I'm still trying to get my head around all of it. I have updated all the projections at Basketball Monster. But this stuff will change because coaches do unpredictable things all the time. We've seen that time and time again this season. Every single season stuff happens that is not what we expect. So let's take a look. What are we? What happened at the deadline? What is important? Not every team made a move. Some, like the Atlanta Hawks and the Chicago Bulls, idiotic. I don't know what they are doing. Well, just the absolute stupidity of both of these teams to not do anything. The Lakers don't do anything either. They're pretty happy with how things are going. Cool. Um, so yeah, I... Just some weirdness across many teams that should have been doing something. But Boston did something. Somehow, for some reason, they were able to get Jaden Springer. Don't I don't know what Philadelphia was doing with that. They bring in Xavier Tillman. Out goes Lamar Stevens and Delano Banton. That is a very clear upgrade. The best team in the NBA gets better. We are not dealing with Springer or Tillman for fantasy in any real situation at all. So we move on. The Brooklyn Nets. They bring in Dennis Schroeder, they bring in Thad Young, they bring in Kata Bates-Diop, they bring in Jordan Goodwin. So, that's interesting. Alright, Schroeder is the intriguing one here. I don't think that he will start for this team. They started in the last game, Ben Simmons next to Spencer Dinwiddie, but that was because Dorian Finney-Smith was out. So I th- and, and Cam Johnson was out. So I think you'll get Simmons, Thomas, Bridges, one of Johnson or DFS, and then Claxton. So maybe, there is obviously the risk of Simmons being out and being injured, that's true. But they've got Schroeder, who I think will come off the bench, and Dennis Smith Jr. is still there. So I don't think that Schroeder, I know some people will, will do think that Schroeder's a must-roster player, he's going to step into Spencer Dinwiddie's minutes and roll. I don't think so. In the short term, I think it's possible. Like If Johnson and Walker and Finney Smith all remain out, and Simmons is still only playing 20 minutes, then sure, Schroeder will have short-term value. But when those guys get those minutes back, I don't think so. I think he comes off the bench, 
And I don't think there's enough there. We'll find out, though. We'll find out. Who did they lose, the Nets? Well, they did lose Spencer Dinwiddie. They did lose the Basmati man, Royce O'Neal. And they waived Harry Giles. I think with O'Neal out, obviously Finney Smith will take some of those minutes when he returns. And then there's an opportunity maybe for Jalen Wilson. I thought this team should have done a little bit more. Their moves feel a little bit lateral. I'm not going to include what picks changed hands in any of these deals because for our purpose here for fantasy, we don't need to know it. Um, so they're the guys that they lost. In Charlotte, a lot of moves or a lot of a lot of player movement, more to, more to the point. Grant Williams comes in. Trey Mann comes in. Vasily Micic comes in. Seth Curry and Davis Bertans all arrive. I would expect that Williams comes off the bench. He might start, but PJ Washington was coming off the bench. So I think Grant will probably come off the bench. We're not worried about him. The one we are interested in is Trey Mann. Now, they've been starting Leaky Black at the two um, with LaMelo Ball out. I could see Trey Mann moving straight into that starting spot. And that makes him intriguing. Or he could be completely buried. That's possible as well. So Mann is an interesting stash type of an option. I don't think Micic or Curry or Bertans. Micic or Curry will get some minutes off the bench, but I would think that they would want to see what they can do with Man, And then a lot of that is going to be dependent on LaBello Ball. Whether Ball is in or out. If Ball is out, then I'm really in on Man. If Ball is in, well, it's a harder sell on that. We'll talk more about the winners there, but Cody Martin's a pretty sizable uh, value play. They lose Gordon Haywood, who hasn't been playing anyway, and PJ Washington. So I think Grant Williams will come close to filling PJ's minutes. He's just a way worse fantasy player. So that's basically nothing opens up minutes-wise with PJ out, but Grant just takes those. It just means more shots get distributed to Miles Bridges, more shots get distributed to um, Brandon Miller. Hey, look, if you are looking to sell Miles Bridges and Brandon Miller, why would I sell them? If you are looking to sell Brandon Miller and Miles Bridges right now, there's never been a better time to do it. And I'll tell you why. Because they'll go, man, they chipped out Haywood. Ball's not coming back. Washington's gone. They're going to get all they can eat. True. Doesn't change that there's a two-game playoff week. And if people are swept up in the emotion, the excitement of how good Miller and Bridges are going to be down this stretch run, you might actually be able to get someone sort of equivalent in terms of per game numbers for those guys back and benefit with more games through the playoffs. This is the time to do it. If you're going to do it, of course, which you may or may not be going to do it. As I look across at what the time is. The Dallas Mavericks bring in, of course, PJ Washington and they bring in Daniel Gafford. Probably the team that upgraded maybe outside of the Knicks the most at the trade deadline. Oh, by the way, the Hornets waived um, James Booknight because he's terrible. Uh, PJ Washington and Daniel Gafford come in. Washington, I expect, will start. So Derek Jones loses all value there. Um, Daniel Gafford and Derek Lively, I'm not sure which one of those guys will start. I'm pretty sure it'll be Gafford for now, at least, because Lively's out. I think we get into a situation where there's maybe like a 26, 24, 22-minute split, whatever it is. And Gafford can still have value in 26, and I'm not sure Lively can. So both Lively and Gafford lose value, pretty obviously. I don't think it's going to be a situation where Lively plays 30 and Gafford plays 18 and Powell plays zero and Kleber doesn't play. I don't think that'll be the case. I don't think it'll be a case where Gafford plays 30 and Lively plays 18. I think it's going to be a lot of mixing and matching where it probably does end up in the long run that Gafford and Lively become drops or stream guys. So if I'm in a desperation situation and I've got, well, what do I do with Lively? I think I'd be all right moving on. I think PJ needs needs to be rostered. Even though we say like you're not going to get that many shots playing next to Luca and Kyrie, that is true. 
we feel a little bit more consistency in his role because it was a big stretch in Charlotte where he was playing 26 minutes a night. And I don't think that'll be the case um, in Dallas. They lose Rashawn Holmes, who wasn't playing. They lose Grant Williams, and PJ takes his role plus more. And they lose Seth Curry, who also wasn't in the rotation. So obviously, there's a squeeze going on there with two major rotation pieces, two starters coming in and no starters going out. So guys are going to lose a lot. So your you know, Jaden Hardy and Dante Exum, uh, Josh Green maybe even loses a bit just as there's a squish down on the, on the roster. The Detroit Pistons did a lot of stuff, man. Uh, just unbelievable amount of stuff. They bring in Simone Fontecchio, Quentin Grimes, Shake Milton, Evan Fournier, Troy Brown, Ryan Archer-Jacono comes in as well. Fontecchio, I think, will start. Grimes, I, I like Grimes a lot. I'm not convinced there's a lot of minutes here for him. There'll be some. I think he can take Alec Burks' minutes. And Killian Hayes got waived as well by them, by the way. We'll talk about their outs in a second. But I'm, I'm not convinced that there is enough uh, minutes or touches for Grimes to be a must-roster player. I think that they will start Cunningham, Ivy, Fontecchio, Stewart, and Duran. You could say that maybe Asar Thompson starts instead of Fontecchio. I'd be very hard-pressed to suggest that Quentin Grimes is going to start. I don't know where that would happen. I think he's going to be a bench guy. And again, the bench is going to be Grimes and Sasser in the backcourt. Uh, either Thompson or Fontecchio, which one of those guys doesn't start as well. So they just changed so much of their roster. I'm not adding Fontecchio. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. I wish Grimes would be, but I don't think he is. Milton, Fournier, and Brown, I don't think they're going to play necessarily. Um, they lose Boyan Bogdanovich. They lose Alec Burks. So obviously, I think Grimes replaces Burks. Fontecchio replaces Bogdanovich. I think that's how basically the rotation switch goes. Kevin Knox is out of there. He wasn't an every night player anyway on a healthy team. And Killian Hayes was also out of the rotation. I know he started the last game, but he was out of the rotation two games ago. So he got waived, much like James Booknight. Joe Harris also out of there too. Um, just, yeah, so many, so many ridiculous moves they let this man be in charge of. I don't understand how you possibly could think that keeping Troy Weaver in that job was the right move. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with me and Locked On Fantasy Basketball to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for any sort of daily stuff or looking to scour the waiver wire, we're going to get you some players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. I think we've got to look at, let's look at Asar Thompson because we know that there's been weirdness there in Detroit with the way that Monty Williams has used him. There is an opening here potentially with the uh, with the trade of Boyan Bogdanovich for Asar to start. At least he should start with Isaiah Stewart out of there, but there is very far from a guarantee that Asar is going to get 30 minutes. I'm very intrigued to see where it goes. I'm okay with adding him, and then we just reassess that as it goes on. He could be a, a, a good fit. He could be a guaranteed fit. And we're going to find out. So is that going to help you with your fantasy championship? Well, every little thing can. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And that's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to US customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. Okay, so the Pistons, one of the more uh, confusing teams around, obviously. Um, 
Golden State, they just sent out Corey Joseph. They Mike Dunleavy just went to Steve Kerr. You cannot play this man again. What are you doing? Deeper leagues, this does help Moses Moody and Lester Quinones, who um, should be able to get at least some regular rotation minutes. Indiana made some moves. They bring in Doug McDermott. They bring in Fokan Korkmaz, who they actually just waived. They bring in Corey Joseph, who they also just waived. So basically, they brought in Doug McDermott and some picks. That's what their trade is. And in the end, they lose Buddy Heald. So McDermott will have some sort of a role, I guess, but not very much. Like He's really got to play the four. And that's Siakam, and that's Toppin, and Jarris Walker plays the four. So I don't really know where Dougie fits there. And with Bud out, you're going to see Ben Mather, and I'm guessing get more minutes. That's more minutes for McConnell at the one because Andrew Nempard's playing more at the two. So I don't mind a stream in or, or a flyer out of Mather, especially for points leagues. Uh, Nempard is more of a deeper league guy. I don't really think he's that 12-team league player, but Mathurin's issue hasn't always just been minutes. It's been the lack of production outside of scoring. So we'll see if he's able to turn it around, but at least the opportunity there for him uh, is larger at the moment. For Memphis, they made some moves, like their moves, at least. Yuta Watanabe comes in, Shimizu Metu comes in, Lamar Stevens comes in. Like, cool. What we need to see is what they do with someone like Trey Jemison. That's probably the more important one. Um, Or do they use Metu as a center? And what do they do with Bain? What do they do with Jaron? What do they do with Kennard? What do they do with any of the injury things? Their roster continues to be an absolute mess, and I don't really know what to make of it. David Roddy is gone. Cool. Tillman's gone, and they wave Victor Oladipo. Moving Roddy out and Tillman out, you might think, well, that means guaranteed that Santi Aldama is going to play big minutes. I'm not so sure about that. Maybe, maybe not. Because again, last game, there was no Tillman, and Aldama played 22 minutes. And Jemison played 32. Is Jemison going to be on the roster? Is Metu going to play? I don't know. Is Watanabe going to play? He could. I think this team's going to be a night-to-night mess. And it's really hard to rely upon any of these guys, especially guys who I don't think are particularly strong. I don't think that Santi is going to be a must-add, must-roster player. I think he can, because there is obviously some stability in having no Tillman or Roddy there to come in. But like, I think there's just going to be so much mess going on with this team that it is going to remain really, really frustrating. The Milwaukee Bucks. I did forget on this graphic to say that Robin Lopez is gone, so we can't have Doc Rivers doing that nonsense again, thankfully. Patrick Beverly is in. Cameron Payne is out. Beverly will play more than Payne. That might cut into Leaky Beasley's minutes, so just be watching that. Beasley probably is more of a streamer now, and Beverly's a streamer. That's about it. But that's that's the move they made. Pat Beverly in. Payne and Robin Lopez out. Um, Minnesota, nothing today from them, but we saw this already. Monte Morris is in. Troy Brown and Shake Milton are out. We talked about that. Monte will just get the backup minutes, and that's only a deeper league scenario. The Knicks is where things get really interesting. We've got Boyan Bogdanovich in and Alec Burks out. And then, like we speculated on the live show, that Ojen Anobi might be out for a bit of time with this injury, and he is having surgery. That's going to be at least three weeks, so maybe a little bit more than that. So what do they do starting lineup-wise? This does preserve Bogdanovich's value because when he is healthy and when Randall, when OG is healthy and when Randall is healthy, Boyan won't be a 12-team league player. So I guess they'll go with Brunson. They will go with DiVincenzo, uh, Bogdanovich. So do they go Bogdanovich and Hart or do they go Bogdanovich and Achua? I think they go Bogdanovich and Hart with Achua coming to the bench. I think if you do have Precious in a 12-team league, he won't remain a 12-team league player. Just adding these names in like Boyan and Burks for guys that weren't really playing very much means that he's not going to play those 41 minutes a night that he was playing. Remember, Grimes, or I'll tell you who went out, Grimes, Fournier, Archer, Jackano, and Flynn 
they played zero minutes in those games. He was playing 40 minutes. You could get Boyan, get 32 minutes. Burks might play 23. That's 50 minutes are going to come out of the rotation, and it's coming out of the 40 that Precious has been playing. I think what this does end up doing is making Precious a very clear drop. I think it will end up making Josh Harder drop. You could say that Alec Burks moves into Quentin Grimes' 20-minute-a-night role, and then when they all get healthy, Grimes pushes back, Hart pushes back more, DiVincenzo pushes back. Do not drop DiVincenzo now. Wouldn't be doing that at all. But longer term, he will lose out. Burks will lose out. Boyan will lose out. All these guys will probably end up being streaming guys. But for now, we're holding Boyan and we're holding Dante Hart on the borderline. And I think if you wanted to, you could drop Precious. I don't think there's any way that he plays 40 minutes when Boyan and Burks are eligible to play. In Oklahoma City, they bring in Gordon Haywood. They send out Vasily Micic, Trey Mann, and Davis Bertans. Haywood, I believe, will come off the bench. I think this means that it's the end of Josh Giddy as a 12-team league player. Obviously, you're not rostering Lou Dort. You could make an argument that Haywood will start over Dort. I don't think he will, but you could make that argument. You might say that he starts over Giddy, but I say there's zero upside for minutes now for Giddy. So he's gone. That means the guys like Wallace and Joe don't have any 12-team appeal anymore. Haywood is a borderline one to me. I'm not going to be 100% against adding him, but I don't think it's one I've got to rush out for. What's he going to play? 29 minutes a night, 30 minutes a night, maybe, maybe 30. I doubt it. Maybe it's 27 a night on a team with Shea and, and the Bronco. I, I I don't see, I'm not convinced that Gordon is going to be um, a must roster player. Remains to be seen, but how he can be used, still not fully there yet with it. Today's episode is also brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect size, perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. They've got Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. Their incredible lineup at Nissan also includes the 2024 Nissan Armada. That'll change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged four-wheel drive that can seat up to eight in first-class luxury and style. Tow bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop shop NissanUSA.com. Okay, um... Let's go back through more of the deals. The Philadelphia 76ers bring in Buddy Heald. They bring in Cameron Payne. Um, Payne will be... Well, I, I think... I could have put it there. I think they're going to bring in Kyle Lowry here. I think the Lakers are going to get Spencer Dinwiddie, by the way, which means he's not a 12-team league guy. Um, I, I think Kyle Lowry comes in here, which will mean he's the backup behind Tyrese Maxey, and he's not going to be worthwhile for fantasy. As for Heald, I, I don't know. They could... At the moment, yes. Like, if he comes straight over, he will start. But Melton and Batum are out. So if Melton and Batum are playing, you've got Ubre still there, two of those guys come off the bench. One of them is almost definitely Ubre, but is the other one Batum? Is it Melton? Maybe initially while he gets himself back healthy from the back issue. Um, but I don't know that Heald just walks into a 33. In fact, I'm certain that Heald does not work walk into a 33-minute role in this team. Like I don't think there's any way that happens. 27? Maybe. Is that enough? Maybe. I'm just, I don't look at Heald as a must roster guy who's got this gigantic elevated role. I think it's better than it was in Indiana, 
especially short term, and there's more stability in his floor, but I don't think that he's walking in to play 33 a night here. I, I don't think so. Um, they lose Jaden Springer, Daniel House, who have been in and out of the rotation anyway, Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, and Patrick Beverly. So a lot of guys coming out. So they need to sign players. One of them, I believe, will be Kyle Lowry. So he'll come in there, but they still need to sign some guys. What this also means is that Paul Reed did not get affected. They didn't bring in a center. So much speculation about all that sort of stuff. And again, a lot of the speculation just doesn't work out. Doesn't work out. We DeJounte Murray didn't get traded, and I thought he would. D'Angelo Russell didn't get traded. I thought he would. People were convinced that Andre Drummond was getting traded. Didn't. Paul Reed remains that must-roster player in Philadelphia. Phoenix brings in Royce O'Neal and David Roddy. At least Royce O'Neal gives them a capable rotation player. They lose a lot of those minimum guys. That's cool. O'Neal, uh, I've had people already ask me, hey, do I drop Grayson Allen because Royce O'Neal's there? Absolutely not. Not in a million years. O'Neal just able to come in and take the minutes that Josh Okoge couldn't play or Baited Steop couldn't play or that bloody Watanabe couldn't play or any of Nasir Littleface. None of those guys were able to hold on to that role. David Roddy is terrible as well. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets DNPs. O'Neal is a deeper league guy and he'll be in a... Fairly similar role, I would guess, to what he was in Brooklyn. Very similar. It helps the team out for Phoenix, but it doesn't mean that he's a fantasy guy. Like I said, they lose these four minimum salary players. So it's a pretty good upgrade. Uh, Bates Diop, Jordan Goodwin, Shemezi Metu, and Yuta Watanabe all um, out for Phoenix. Portland brings in Delano Banton. Like, all right. I guess with the absence of Shaden Sharp, and are they planning to shut down Malcolm Brogdon? Banton gives them a, another ball handling option with Simons and Scoot there. We don't care about him for fantasy just yet. The Spurs, they lose Doug McDermott. They did bring in Marcus Morris in that trade, but they waived him uh, immediately. So basically, it's just a net. McDermott's gone. That means a few more minutes for Bubble Champagne and probably a little bit more for Chetty Osman there as well. Not that it matters for most of us. The Raptors become one of the more intriguing teams. They bring in Kali Olenek and Oshio Baji. Why, I don't know. I don't know why you give up a first-round pick for a guy that probably is going to make you better, but you're bad, so why? And Abaji's not good. And then you don't trade Gary Trent. You don't trade Bruce Brown. I think Olenek might sneakily be one of the best ads from the deadline, but the problem is we don't know because if he starts at the four, very clear must roster player. If they bring him off the bench, he can still play the backup minutes at the four and the five and be useful enough. Abaji, I don't really care because he's going to play the same position as Barrett, He's going to play the same position as Trent. He's going to play the same position as Bruce Brown. And that, and he, and he's bad as well. So I don't think that that's exciting. With him, Linux is the interesting one. They lose Kyra Lewis. They lose Otto Porter. They lose Dennis Schroeder. And they lose Thad Young. That's fine. Thad Young wasn't a part of the rotation before the injuries anyway. Schroeder was sort of being phased out a little bit. What this means is that Trent and Brown are still there though. And I think Brown is going to have to take those backup point guard minutes. I don't think that Gary Trent needs to be held on to. I don't know that Brown does. I think you might be able to, just because that extra ball handling responsibility as the backup point guard, might be able to just boost those minutes somewhat because Trent can't do it. And coming off the bench, they just don't have another guy who's even remotely close to a point guard. So that might be Brown's role there, which can help stabilize a little bit. The Jazz bring in Kyra Lewis. They bring in Otto Porter and Kevin Knox. And you notice those three players they bring in are just not good. And they're just probably not going to have any rotation value, which is where we get some interesting stuff going on with the rest of the Jazz rotation. They do send out Kalilinik, Abaji, and Fontecchio, three rotation players. So that means there is 
at minimum three row, well, not minimum, let's say three rotation spots up for grabs. I would say Taylor Hendricks grabs one of those. Then we get into like who the hell jumps in at the three. That's where it gets really interesting. Like who do they play there? Does does Knox actually play? Does Porter play? Do they call up Bryce Sensible? Does Horton Tucker play at the three? That sounds pretty gross. There's a big, big gap in that rotation. So I do like Hendricks as a bit of a stash guy, and I'd keep an eye on all of those other players. The common question is, man, is this this unlock Walker Kessler? I'm not so sure. I do think Kessler gets a bump. I do think he plays more minutes, but I don't think this means that he gets 30 minutes a night. The reason that he wasn't playing those minutes was not because Kelly Linick was there. The reason he wasn't playing the minutes is because the spacing didn't work for what Will Hardy wanted to do. Now, Danny Ainge has done that thing again where he's like, bro, you just can't have these pieces anymore. Do something different. So maybe, look, he actually doesn't have many options. And I don't think he's going to go out of the shoot and start Taylor Hendricks. So I think we'd get Collins and Kessler and Markin and all starting together. But I do think that uh, Hendricks will get a shot at that later on. This could be a big boost for um, for Walker. Not sure. I'd love to see them just lean into Hendricks and Kessler as the starters and marginalize Collins and bring him off the bench later on. But it's a big unknown. There is so many minutes there with Olenek, Abaji, and Fontecchio all going. 26 for Fontecchio, 21 for Olenek, 15 or so for Abaji. That Hendricks has to get some of them. And then whatever you want to fill in at the three. Maybe it is Kevin Knox that has to play there. But maybe it's Lukas Sharmanich that plays in that position as well. It's pretty rough. Dan Gafford is out in Washington and Rashawn Holmes is in. I believe this makes Marvin Bagley the starter and it makes Daniel, uh, Rashawn Holmes the backup. I would not add Rashawn Holmes in 12-team leagues. I guess you can do it short-term because Bagley's injured. I don't think it's a long-term thing, but you never know. But I don't think that Holmes will play the 30 minutes, 31 minutes a night that you'll need for him to be a 12-team league player. I think Bagley is worth it. Holmes is a deeper league guy. And then if Bagley remains out, deeper leagues can go and look at Eugene Omarui as a short-term stream guy. So, who are the winners? It's hard to get to this list, honestly, and it is going to vary depending on your individual league and all that sort of stuff. I'm going to put Paul Reed and Nick Richards there, two players who, again, just should be rostered, but this is what we need to talk about. The Sixers didn't bring in another center. So Reed is the starting center. They took out Marcus Morris as well, who was getting some backup minutes, so it's him and Bumba. And he's way better than Bumba. This is a huge win for Paul Reed. Nick Richards, I don't know if Mark Williams is coming back, but they took away PJ Washington. So the backup is honestly, it's the genius Nate Mensah. That's it. There's nobody else. So that's a lot for Nick Richards. So they're two like huge winners that don't actually involve them changing teams. Kali Olenek, I think he's a winner. I think he might be worth a 12-team ad. Marvin Bagley, I think he's worth a 12-team ad. I think Santiago Dama and Buddy Hill do see their value rise, whether they're standard league ads or not. It is borderline. I've laid out the cases to why I'm uncertain about some of their stuff, but you're taking those sort of flyer ads and just trying to do it is okay. Andy Nembhard, I think, is a winner, but I wouldn't do it in 12s. I think Asar Thompson is a winner, but I don't think it's unfettered access to 33 minutes with, like I laid out, how they run things with Fontecchio. I think in the short term, definitely for, for Asar. Longer term, I'm not sure. Uh, Cody Martin, I think he is worth a 12-team grab. I think Marcus Sasser gets a little bit more, but I don't think it's 12. Again, they just replaced Burks with Grimes. And two games ago, Killian Hayes, not in the rotation. So Sasser will have some moments of value, but it's not going to be consistent. 
Fontecchio also is a winner. Probably gets one to two more minutes in Detroit than he had in Utah. That doesn't make him a 12-teamer. I think Taylor Hendricks is worth an interesting sort of stash. I think it probably doesn't take shape until after the All-Star break, though, but we're interested in watching that. Um, Trey Jemison I've got as a winner. I don't know, though. At the moment, their centers are, are Trey Jemison or Enchemezi Metu. Maybe it's Metu that becomes the winner. That's possible, too. I think Trey Mann is going to be a winner. I'd be okay with adding him in 12-team leagues. I've got Rashawn Holmes as a winner because he was getting zero minutes, and now he's going to get, let's say, 20, and maybe even short-term as a starter. And then I think Walker Kessler does get a boost of a few minutes, but maybe not as high as you're hoping. And then lastly, I just want to look at some losers. I don't want to go... I don't think there's too many guys here we need to go highly into, but I think Derek Lively and Daniel Gafford lose. I think Lively can be dropped, although, again... You might want to see, you might have a different thought and think Lively is guaranteed 28 minutes over Gafford. I don't believe that. Uh, Gafford, I think, loses minutes, but maybe not enough to be an auto drop. I think Dennis Smith is a loser because they didn't close, they didn't clear anyone out. They brought Dennis Schroeder in and Ben Simmons is ramping his minutes back up. Dinwiddie's a very clear loser. He was playing 30 minutes a night most nights and now he won't. So he's a very clear loser. Derek Jones is going to cede that spot to PJ Washington. So he's a loser. And I think Yucca Pertle's a loser. We're not dropping Yucca Pertle. But that 33 minutes when there was no backup probably drops down a little bit as Kelly Linick can play some of those minutes as well. All of this stuff is going to evolve over the coming days and weeks as we see how coaches use their rotations. So they immediately put Trey Mann in the starting lineup. Does Taylor Hendricks start immediately? Do we get wild stuff going on where home starts over Bagley or Lively starts over Gafford? Do we get PJ Washington off the bench? I don't know the answer to any of these things. We're trying to speculate on it. So just be ready to make moves when this stuff does go on or go down. Hit the thumbs up and the bell on the way out. That'd be great if you can do it. Thank you also if you were part of the live show earlier today. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.